Sanders and CEO Marcus Lamb has died after his battle with COVID-19. The conservative televangelist making headlines this past year after his network, Daystar, dedicated hours of broadcast to anti-lockdown and anti-vaccination activists and groups. NBC News correspondent Maura Barrett has a story. They don't even know what is in the shop. Marcus Lamb, a broadcaster reaching hundreds of millions of people around the world and who vocally opposed the COVID-19 vaccine, died after battling the virus. He often spread misinformation on his network, which is one of the most popular channels with evangelical Christians in the country. They're giving shots to people that are already compromised uh, with their immune system. And I wouldn't think any private. His wife announcing the news of his passing on Tuesday. This morning at 4 a.m., the president and founder of Daystar and the love of my life went to be with Jesus. His son calling it the work of the devil. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that this is a spiritual attack from the enemy. Lamb, who was 64, co-founded the Daystar Television Network. Their shows often capitalizing on conservative opinions. They are Marxist atheists that couldn't care less about black lives if you want to know the truth. Mixing religion and politics. And throughout the pandemic, is there a hidden agenda? They've dedicated hours of programming to COVID misinformation. Ivermectin mm -hmm. is both a preventative for COVID and a cure. And anti-vaccine rhetoric. Of the so-called vaccine to help deal with the plague. It's become its own plague. The network even dedicated a section of its website appearing to invoke fear around vaccines for children. The page reading, what if the most dangerous thing your child could face in life is the very thing you're told by your doctor is safe? Our medical expert calling this tactic irresponsible. It just sets up a dynamic where even if somebody listening to this information processes it and is logical about it, they might walk away feeling guilty about doing something that has incredible evidence and incredible public health support and, in fact, is globally what we need to do to get out of the pandemic. How detrimental do you think messaging like this is? Well, it's more viral than I think the Omicron variant is. That leads to consequences such as people getting infected, going to the hospital, or even unintentionally spreading the virus. Lamb joins a string of conservative broadcasters who criticized the COVID vaccines and then died in the last few months after contracting COVID. Two of them, Tennessee Radio's Phil Valentine and Newsmax's Dick Farrell, had a change of heart when they were hospitalized urging their followers to get the vaccine before they died. But the lambs appear to be holding firm on their beliefs, broadcasting to millions. We 100% believe in everything that we, we've talked about here on Daystar, and we still stand by that, obviously. All right, Maura joins us now from Chicago. For more, I know you spoke with Dr. Patel a lot about this. Daystar has such a wide reach. What type of impact does that misinformation have on, on such a big audience? Well, Dr. Patel tells me that that lack of accountability that you heard there at the end is actually more irresponsible than the misinformation itself. She thinks that ideological concerns or political stances really shouldn't matter in the grand scheme of things when it comes to public health. But when you see statements like this spread so widely on Daystar, it can have this huge ripple effect, right? And she says that that can make the genie really hard to get back in the bottle, especially after someone dies. Now, as for the Lamb family, their spokesperson tells me that they see vaccination as a point of privacy uh, and personal choice. Tom? All right, Maura, we thank you for that. Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. Follow today's top stories and breaking news by downloading the NBC News app.
Wireless family plans save you money, but then you have to... It comes amid a massive buildup of Russian troops along the border. How Putin is responding, and our own Richard Angle inside Ukraine tonight, where fears are growing. Also tonight, the Omicron variant now in at least 21 states. The new data on how effective Pfizer's vaccine is against it. COVID cases surging, deaths up more than 50% in a week, and the CDC's new self-testing guidelines ahead of the holidays. The state of emergency in Hawaii, massive flooding, some areas seeing over a foot of rain. Urgent rescues, five boys pulled from the rushing water. Nick Cannon's tragic loss with a star revealed today about his five-month-old son. Our NBC News exclusive, the new federal warning about gift card scams this holiday season, how to protect yourself. And remembering Pearl Harbor, our conversation with five survivors returning to the solemn site to mark 80 years since that day of infamy. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening. It's the way a lot of us have done business these last two years, video chats, but likely not with as much at stake as today's virtual face-to-face -face between two of the world's most powerful leaders. According to the White House, President Biden warned Russia's Vladimir Putin against a military invasion of Ukraine, promising strong economic and other measures, which include increased supplies and resources to American allies in the region. For his part, President Putin wants guarantees against NATO expansion and U.S. offensive weapons in the region. There was a lot on the agenda for the two-hour meeting, but nothing more important than tensions over a buildup of tens of thousands of Russian troops near the Ukraine border. We'll go to Richard Angle in Ukraine in just a moment, but first, Kristen Welker with the latest from the White House. Tonight, in a high-stakes video called The White House Described as Direct and Useful, President Biden warned Russian President Vladimir Putin not to invade Ukraine. Russian television releasing clips of the top of the call, which showed the presidents greeting each other. Hello. Good to see you again. I, uh, unfortunately, last time I was... According to the White House, during the more than two-hour call, President Biden voiced deep concerns about Russia's escalation of forces on the Ukrainian border, with satellite images showing a huge buildup of Russian troops, tanks, and artillery. Mr. Biden warning the U.S. would respond with strong economic and other measures in the event of a Russian military escalation. But would the administration send U.S. troops? The question here is not that about whether or not the United States is going to send American service members to the territory of our NATO allies. We do that as a matter of course. The question is, what additional capabilities can we provide? The backdrop to today's new showdown? In 2014, President Putin invaded the Ukrainian territory of Crimea when Mr. Biden was vice president. But the Obama administration sanctions did not get Mr. Putin to reverse course. Things we did not do in 2014, we are prepared to do now. Republicans tonight accusing President Biden of projecting weakness towards President Putin after the chaotic Afghanistan withdrawal and by removing sanctions on Mr. Putin's prized energy pipeline in Europe. Putin is seeing that, that this is an opportunity for them to strike again. They know that Joe Biden is projecting weakness on the world stage. Tonight, we pressed President Biden's national security advisor. How do you respond to that criticism that President Biden received two weeks with Mr. Putin? The president has shown 
over the course of the past eight months, that he will do what he says he's going to do in response to Russian action. So President Putin can count on that. Chris, and a lot to go through listening to these words here. We heard a mention of sending additional capabilities. Back to that question, could that mean U.S. troops? Well, Lester, the National Security Advisor made it clear they will only take action if Russia invades Ukraine. So you mean to leave the door open to sending in additional deployments if America's allies in the region feel threatened? Lester. Kristen Welker at the White House. Thank you. Despite President Biden's warning, there are no signs tonight that Russian troops are about to pull back from that border. Richard Engel is in Ukraine for us tonight. Ukraine announced tonight Russia is reinforcing its positions near its border with heavy artillery and snipers, while the Kremlin gave its readout the call between President Putin and Biden. Russia accused Ukraine of provoking the crisis and in a statement said Putin told Biden he wants legal guarantees that NATO won't expand to the east and that offensive weapons won't be positioned near Russia's border. The Ukrainian government wants to join NATO, but membership remains far off. Ukraine's former defense minister told us President Biden should not accept Putin's ultimatum. Negotiations cannot happen at the gunpoint because what Russia is trying to do, they're trying to create a situation when some concessions are made or some compromises are made. That's not negotiation. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's almost like a robbery. Tonight, a former Supreme Allied commander of NATO says President Biden's next moves to confront Putin are critical. If we permit him again to cross the border of a sovereign state in anger and conquer it, international system will be set back decades. While the U.S. and Russia have both agreed to more talks, in the meantime, the Ukraine says it urgently needs more weapons and more U.S. military advisors. Lester? Richard Engel tonight, thank you. This evening, cases of the Omicron COVID variant are being found in more states as overall infections climb. Early indications show the new variant may not be as severe as others, though likely more transmissible. So what does all that mean? Here's Miguel Almaguer. Tonight, new data from a small study in South Africa suggests Pfizer's vaccine is less effective against the Omicron variant, a 40-fold decrease. But the research, not yet peer-reviewed, does show those who were infected and vaccinated fared much better, indicating boosters may provide added protection. Spreading around the globe and now faster here at home, Omicron infections have now been identified in over a third of the nation. Reason for concern, but not alarm. The new variant is not fueling the current spike in cases in the U.S. What we're seeing at hospitals like this one and across swaths of the country are a direct and deadly result of Delta. Fatalities up 57% since last week. Hospitals, particularly in our state, we see all seven of our regional hub hospitals have ICU capacities well above 100% of their licensed capacity. While Delta is driving 99% of new infections in the U.S., fear is fueling Omicron concerns. Today, the White House COVID Task Force sharing this chart to demonstrate the explosion of new Omicron cases in South Africa. Still exploring its transmissibility, officials say because of the virus's many mutations, early evidence suggests increased infectivity. For that reason, it could become the dominant strain here at home. I think it's unclear at this point what that would mean if uh, Omicron were to replace the Delta variant. 
the combination of adding Omicron into everything else that we're dealing with is, uh, is what's cause for concern. Expected to be detected across the country in the coming days, Omicron appears to be infecting Americans through community spread. Too early to know the true severity of the disease, anecdotal evidence suggests it might be less severe than Delta, but many of the infected are young and healthy. Some of the sick were vaccinated and even boosted, a critical layer of protection, especially now, say experts. I would, would not at all be surprised if it's somewhat a little less effective, but uh, I'd be very surprised if it didn't, it didn't provide any protection at all. Still, fearing a wave of new infections, some companies, including Ford, are rethinking or delaying a return to work. But authorities say family gatherings this holiday are safe if Americans follow long-standing advice. Know this, everyone in North America is either going to get vaccinated or you're going to get COVID. Tonight, preparing for Omicron while still facing Delta. And Miguel, with Omicron cases rising, what is the CDC's latest recommendations on Americans who want to travel during the holidays? Alexa, the CDC says for those who want an added layer of protection, those at-home testing kits can provide just that if you take one before meeting family. Meantime, by next week, it's expected we'll know more about the variant, including how well vaccines protect us. Lester. Miguel, thank you. There's a state of emergency in effect tonight in Hawaii, where a powerful storm brought more than a foot of rain to some areas, causing widespread flooding and damage on this 80th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Emily Ikeda has more. Heart-stopping rescues in Hawaii as sheets of rain drenched the archipelago. Five boys, ten and under, miraculously pulled from a raging river under the cover of darkness. The days-long rain event known as a Kona Low, notorious for its slow-moving nature, dumping nearly two feet on Maui in less than two days, and up to three inches an hour in parts of Oahu. Stay vigilant, pay attention to your surroundings, and really don't take any chances at this time. Chaos on roadways, now more like rivers. Tourists here for a taste of paradise, seen wading through the heart of Waikiki. Oh, man. The honeymoon hotspot now a tangled mess. Winds toppling trees and knocking out power to thousands. <gasps> the tree literally fell right before we stopped. You know, it's a great thing nobody got hurt. The threat of landslides top of mind after debris barreled down Kauai slopes earlier this year. Why are we seeing such significant rainfall rates in Hawaii? This type of weather system tends to bring us really intense rainfall. When you have deep tropical moisture interacting with our mountains and our volcano summits, it really starts to wring out that moisture really quickly. Tonight, a state of emergency as hundreds flock to Oahu to commemorate the 80th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Ceremonies pressing on before a backdrop of gray skies and flood watches. Emily Ikeda, NBC News. In just 60 seconds, the Surgeon General's urgent warning of a youth mental health crisis, what he's calling on social media to do right now, and the devastating announcement by talk show host Nick Cannon about his five-month-old son. The Surgeon General is sounding the alarm about a devastating crisis for our nation's youth. Dr. Vivek Murthy warning that young people are experiencing serious mental health challenges, and the pandemic is only making it worse. He spoke to Kristen Dahlgren for our series, Kids Under Pressure. Across the country. I definitely feel very stressed. I've never felt so much stress in one school year. I didn't want to get out of my bed today. I really didn't. Kids Under Pressure. 
pushed by the pandemic. Today, the Surgeon General issuing a rare public health advisory, warning of a youth mental health crisis. Our kids have been struggling for a while, and we can no longer wait uh, to address youth mental health in our country. According to the report, symptoms of anxiety and depression have doubled during the pandemic. More than 140,000 children in the U.S. lost a parent or grandparent caregiver to COVID. And emergency room visits for suicide attempts were up 51% for adolescent girls compared to 2019. How important is it that kids know they're not alone and that it's okay to talk about mental health? Struggling with your mental health does not mean that something is wrong with you. And it's not your fault. You have to normalize that. You also have to let kids know that it's okay to ask for help. The advisory also a call to action for social media companies. Many companies also design their platforms in ways that proactively enhance and contribute to the mental health and well-being of our children. 18-year-old Ellie Whitehouse knows the struggle after time on social media. I think it definitely makes everyone, and especially girls, feel bad about themselves, especially when, you know, there's such an unattainable beauty standard. Today, Instagram announcing steps it's taking, including a stricter approach to recommendations for teens and tools for parents to monitor their kids' use of the app. The move coming one day before Instagram CEO will face questions before Congress about reports the company's own research show it's harmful to teens. The company in the hot seat as the nation's youth look for a lifeline. There definitely can be change as long as, you know, we continue to open the conversation. Kristen Dahlgren, NBC News. Some tragic news announced today by actor and talk show host Nick Cannon, who told viewers about the death of his five-month-old son. Ann Thompson has late details. Nick Cannon, actor and TV personality. Today on his talk show, delivering difficult news. Well, this is the pick of the day. Cannon announcing his five-month-old son, Zen, died of a cancerous brain tumor over the weekend. I know so many people out there have experienced the kind of pain and grief that I'm experiencing right now. The illness discovered a couple of months ago when Cannon and the baby's mother, Alyssa Scott, brought Zen to the doctor to check his sinuses. There's cancer in the brain. Uh, and the, the tumor began to grow a, a lot faster. And so we knew that time was Cannon says as a result his son also developed hydrocephalus a buildup of too much fluid on the brain the most common reason for brain surgery in children on Zen's last weekend his parents took the baby to the beach today in New York for a show Cannon called this episode a celebration of life for Zen this is a special show dedicated to my beautiful son Ann Thompson NBC News New York We'll take a break. Up next, our exclusive this holiday, the thousands of Americans caught in gift card scams. We'll show you how to protect yourself in a moment. A major Amazon server outage partially crippled the Internet today, impacting thousands, if not millions, of users. Several companies and apps that rely on Amazon servers like Netflix, Disney Plus, and Delta Airlines were also affected. Amazon says it experienced a system issue in Virginia and is, quote, working to resolve this issue as quickly as possible. Now to an NBC News exclusive, a new scam alert with the holiday shopping season in full swing. Federal investigators warning gift card fraud is surging with tens of thousands already victimized. Tom Costello now, and how to protect yourself. Tis the season for gift buying. 